0: forward to hearing all the stories that are going to come out of it, as people have special experiences with God and with each other as they share. So let's come before our wonderful God now in prayer, after this fantastic time of worship. We'll begin our prayer this morning with part of Daniel's prayer from uh, chapter 22 in the book of Daniel. May God be praised forever and ever. He is wise and powerful. He changes times and seasons. He removes some kings from power. He causes other kings to rule. The wisdom of those who are wise comes from him. He gives knowledge to those who have understanding. He explains deep and hidden things. He knows what happens in the darkest places, and where he is, everything is light. Loving Father, we long to know you more intimately. And to understand ourselves in the light of your love. As we begin this journey of going deeper, show us what it means to live according to your purpose for us. Show us the truth about who we are in you, about your unwavering love for us, that we were made for your pleasure, that you rejoice over us with gladness and with singing. Lord God, help us to understand that you want us to grow in holiness so that we become more like your son, Jesus. Above all, help us to remember that the wonders of this loving relationship we have with you are not just for our happiness, security and enjoyment. May it go deep into our spirit so we understand that you want to involve us in your work to help the lost, the lonely and the hurting, to discover who you are and how much you love them, to bring your light into a very dark world. Forgive us for the times we have lived just for ourselves. Help us to remember that your purpose is for us to have an outward view, seeing the suffering around us and doing what we can to meet the needs of those you love and for whom Jesus died. And we don't have to look very far to see the suffering, Lord, Our world seems to spin from one catastrophe to another. Just in our own country, we have had the fires followed by the floods. We see the unprecedented plagues of locusts destroying the food crops in East Africa and Pakistan. We see the coronavirus being established in more and more countries with threats of shortages of medication and many products we rely on every day. Lord, if we only looked at the world's problems, we could not endure. But, as Daniel did, we lift our eyes and we see your glory. We remember that you are wise and powerful. You are with us in every need. You have the answer to every situation. Please guide our world's leaders to seek your way in these crises we are facing. We pray for the people who have been affected by the coronavirus, for those who have lost loved ones we pray for your comfort. For those who are very sick, we pray for their recovery and your peace, healing and comfort to be with them. For the health workers who are delivering the care, we pray for their strength and encouragement. Refresh them supernaturally when they do get rest and protect them, we pray. We also pray that people will not give in to fear and panic but can work together for the common good. We remember that you change the times and seasons. We pray you will act on behalf of our farmers who desperately need you to send the rain so badly needed, and to turn back the flight of the locusts for the farmers in East Africa and Pakistan. We know that you remove some kings from power and you cause other kings to rule. Father, may all the kings and world leaders submit themselves to the King of Kings. Please give them great wisdom understanding and a spirit of cooperation at this time to lead their people well and cooperate with other nations when needed. We especially pray for your knowledge and understanding for all those working to find a vaccine for the coronavirus, Lord. Give them breakthrough, we pray. Show them the way, because only you can explain the deep and hidden things. Like Daniel, we know and believe that nothing is left to fate, Your purposes will be fulfilled. Your plans are wise beyond our understanding, and nothing can overcome them. Lastly, we ask you to shine your light into all these situations, and to give hope, strength and courage to all in need today. For in your presence, all our fears are swept away. And may your name be praised forever. Amen.
1: Well, good morning to you all. It's great to uh, be here and to kick off this um, series. Uh, The series is What on Earth Am I Here For? Um, And it's kind of the start of our intentionality of going deeper, of discovering and of learning. Now, these messages are really designed for you to be able to take notes. So if you are a note taker, you're going to love the next six weeks. There are going to be a lot of uh, titles and a lot of Bible verses that really um, kind of unpack sense of calling on our life. Um, and so if you've, if you've got your phone and you're looking at your phone this morning, I'll know that you're taking notes and you're not just looking at Facebook. Okay, yep. Ronnie's, Ronnie's on it. Right, very good. Okay, <laughs> so for the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at what on earth am I here for? Now, grab a book if you haven't already grabbed a book um, because we're going to actually be going through the material and the messages are going to be uh, coinciding with this. And if you're not in a group yet, um, feel free to just grab one person and say, hey, will you go through this material with me? Um, I've had a number of uh, people say that they've, they're going to do that. They're going to have just one or two friends that they're just going to text or ring or grab a coffee over uh, during this time and just be intentional about going through it together and sharing with one another. And like Carol said, there's going to be times and opportunities in our service uh, where the things that you've learnt, the things that God's been saying to you, the things that you're discovering is an opportunity for you to share and that just encourages us all. Uh, when we see God at work in the lives of people, that just makes us go, oh, that's amazing and God is, is so good um So, it's not too late to start a group. Grab a book. Um, this morning and over the six weeks, we're actually going to be using a, a transcript from Rick Warren. It's not my own work, so i am just going to say that up front. However, I've tried to personalise it, and I've also tried to make it shorter. I don't know about you, but his sermons normally go for an hour and 20 minutes, so... I don't know what they do with the rest of their service or how long their service goes for, but we're not going to do that. It's okay. We're not going to go that long. Um, in his script, in his transcript, however, for what on earth am I here for, he says, uh, those who've done purpose-driven life, it's kind of like a, a 2.0 for that series. Uh, going, uh, what on earth am I here for is, and get this, he says, now we're going to go deeper. Those are his words, not mine. We're going to have the advanced class on the calling. So ready to go? Excited? Fantastic. So one of the very most famous verses, beloved verses, is Romans 8, 28. In this verse, you've probably heard it many, many hundreds and hundreds of times. We've spoken about it and preached about it from this pulpit many times. It's one of the great promises in the Bible. It says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. We know that in all things, not just the good things in life, but even the bad things, uh, the ugly things, the terrible things, the tragic things. I know for many of us, we've gone through tragic things or are going through hard things. God doesn't say all things are good. There are a lot of tragic things in life, but in all things, God works them together for good. Now, normally we sort of stop the verse there if you get go to kurong and get the little badge or something that's that's kind of where it stops but after that it says something very important it says we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who and it says who have been called who have been called according to his purpose if you've got a bible circle called circle purpose and draw a line between because Being called and purpose are one of the same thing. And uh, the the previous purpose-driven life was all about purpose, but we're going to be focusing uh, over the next six weeks about calling, about being called. Um, So get used to hearing that word a lot. But if I was to say to you um, uh, the word calling... Probably what comes to mind for most people is, oh, when you're called to ministry or you're called to something important like a pastor or a preacher or something like that. Let's not, let's not go down that track because calling is so much more deeper and it's for everybody. We are all called according to God's purpose. Some of us in our calling and, and as we outwork our life as a, as a Christ follower actually enter into a ministry or, or a pastor or church life. Um, that's not what we're talking about, though. When we talk about calling, we're talking about the, the fact that God has actually called each and every one of us to something. God has called each and every one of us uh, to the life that he has for us. So when you think about being called, you probably think about the telephone. right? You Think about um, when people call you, they, they call you on the telephone, and, and you, you pick it up. And you, now I've got to gotta be honest; I don't necessarily like telephones. <laughs> I like talking one on one with people. There's something about talking on the phone that just doesn't sit with me very well. Um, but imagine if God called you—would uh, you just let it go to voicemail? Uh, you know, would you just see it ringing there and just go, oh, "I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that later." Now, when God calls you, you've got to want to pick it up, and you've got to want to pick it up the first time. And the Bible says that we have already been called, and we've been called according to his purpose. A couple of verses down in Romans 8.30, it says, um Okay. No, it's not on there. Um, it says, those that God predestined, he also called. Those that God predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Now, those are a lot of big words. I'm probably going to unpack that in the next few weeks. But what I want us to focus on is that we begin to live our calling uh, with, when we come to understand that word called. The Bible says that you have Been called. You have been called. But what does that mean? The Greek word is kaleo. It's almost like the word call, and it means that God is calling you. And it's used over a hundred times in the New Testament. Uh, If you if you type in called in a in a concordance or or something, you're going to have a lot of verses that talk about being called. Most of the time, it's talking about your assignment in life. It's your purpose in life. It's your mission in life. So when we talk about being called, it's called to something. It's called to our assignment. It's called to our the reason we exist, the reason why God made you. It's what on earth am I here for? It is your calling And in the next six weeks, we're going to look at why I'm alive and what I'm supposed to do with my life. But more importantly, how do I live this calling? Okay, I understand the Bible says that I'm called according to God's purposes and the calling has to do with my assignment, the way I live, the purpose of my life, the reason that I'm here. How on earth do I, do I find it and how do I live it out? You were created for purpose. You've been called according to that purpose. So the Greek word is kaleo for calling. The Latin word is another word that you've probably heard of. It's the word vocation. And I want to hear that more (laughs) in my life. Uh, Vocation comes from the Latin word voce or vocere. It means to speak. It means to call. We get the word voice from this word. We get the word vocal from this word vocalize comes from the word vocation. Uh, it's your calling. So vocation and calling are the same thing. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Today the word vocation has been reduced and minimalized to simply mean my job or my career. Our vocation is not our job or our career. Your calling is not your job or your career. Your calling is far, 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 far more significant. It's far larger and it's far more encompassing than your career. Your vocation is misused when you say, my vocation is my job. No, you have a job. Your vocation is your calling in life. A career makes a living. A calling makes a life. Now, I was thinking about this and I thought, a way to illustrate this um, is that sometimes um, we might we might think that uh, in our life we've got all these components, all of these things in it that we try and fit in our life, try and make sense of our life, and we say, "What on earth am I here for?" It's got to do with these things in it. There's, you know, there's 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 who I I marry. Um, there's the job that I have. There's, um, the, the hobbies that I choose to do. There's the charities, perhaps, that I'm involved in. And, and we try and kind of fit all these things in life. And, and the, the God part of our life, unfortunately, for many of us, we think of it like one of these components. And we go, Oh, we've got to kind of fit that in just like one of the other aspects of our life. The other sad thing that we see happening. Is that some people go, it's not necessarily something that I need to have in my life. But sometimes people actually put it outside of our life and so decar par car par car mentalize it <laughs> that, that it kind of becomes something that's not important sometimes. Or it's not a priority. We say, you know, I'll, I'll deal with this part of my life when I've got time. Or when all of these things in life are all lined up, then I can come back to this. Or we think, um, I, you know, I've got so much happening with all of this stuff and kids and work and priorities that this can maybe go on the back seat or it's, it's over here for a little while. And it's so sad that when we think of life that way, we think that we can sort of put put things in there. The, the reality is, and what we're talking about this morning for the next six weeks, is that not only is the God stuff part of our life, and and but it's actually, this isn't just a little piece. This is actually the bucket of calling. When God calls us for a purpose. That's actually the the big thing in life that everything else in life sits in. All the other parts and aspects of our life, who we we marry, the job we have, the, the things that we're interested in, all actually fit into and make sense when we understand first and foremost our calling. When we first understand that we have a purpose, that God's, placed us here on this planet for a reason, and that is to walk with him and to uh, be in relationship with him, then all of these things actually take on a different aspect, and they actually make sense. If we spend our life trying to find purpose and meaning in just the things, uh, we're going to get lost. We're going to get so uh, distracted by trying to find meaning in the little bits of (laughs) would and <laughs> the little things. But when we go no, first and foremost, God has called me and he's got a plan for my life. I'm here for a reason, then all of the things of life take a different shape and take on a different um, meaning. So the Bible is a story of God calling people. God called Noah, God calling Abraham, God calling Moses, God calling Nehemiah, God calling Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, Joel, God calling David, God calling Solomon, and the New Testament, God calling Peter and Paul and Mary. No one laughed. It says here in brackets, if you laughed at that you're incredibly old. I'll say it again. <laughs> God calling Peter and Paul and, hey, that's a good thing we don't have any old people in the church. Awesome. Uh, God has a call on every person's life. And what we're going to do over the next six weeks, is look at five different dimensions of five like facets of a diamond of God's call on your life. It's why you're alive. It's what you're supposed to be doing. That sounds good, right? I mean, if you had an invitation... Uh, in your, or a text saying, come to this event, you're going to find out the reason why you're here. That would be something worth attending, and that's what we're going to be looking at. So my, as, uh, as your pastor, my prayer for you over the next six weeks is going to be in this verse of Ephesians 1. My prayer is that light will flood your hearts, that light will flood your hearts, and that you will understand the hope that was given you when God called you. That you would understand the great hope that you have when God called you. So what we're going to do is quickly look at eight aspects of this sense of being called. I'm going to skip over a few things here. Um, So first of all, what does it mean? What does this word "calling" actually mean? My calling is first and foremost, is a gift from God. I don't earn it. I don't deserve it. I don't work for it. I don't bargain for it. It's just a flat-out gift of God's grace. It's actually His present to me. When He created me, He called me, and it's by His grace. Galatians 1 says, Okay. Galatians 1 says, God, by his grace through Jesus Christ, has called you to become his people. By his grace, he has called you to become his people. But what is grace? Grace is undeserved kindness. It's unmerited favour. It's when God gives you what you need. Not what you deserve. If we all got what we deserved, then we probably wouldn't be here. The fact is, God says, I give you what you need, not what you deserve. Grace is the fact that God knows every dumb thing that you're going to do in life, and He still chose to create you. God knew every thing that you're going to do wrong, and yet He chooses, chooses, To still create you. That is his grace. Your calling is actually a part of your salvation. In 2 Timothy, it says, He has saved us and called us. So they go together. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and his grace. So because of his purpose and his grace, he's actually called us into existence. So God gives me a calling in my life simply because he wants to give me a calling. I don't deserve it. He just gives it to me. Second thing, I am called for God's purposes. Not mine, but God's. And I don't know if anyone's extra brownie points for anyone who's already done today's reading uh, in the book, you'll notice that the very first words is, it's not about you. (laughs) The very first words of the book is, it's not about you. God doesn't call us for us. And the, the quicker we learn that lesson in life, the better. We're not here for me. God's not called So that my life and my plan and my purposes can come about. God didn't make me for me. Did you think God created you for a selfish life, self centered? It's about me, 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 me. No, God didn't make you for you. God made you and you are made for God. You are made for God. And until we understand that, life's never going to make sense. We're going to be trying to make sense with all the bits and pieces of our life and not understand that there's actually a bigger tub that we're in, and it's all about him and what he has created us for, and that's what it means to live out our calling. I'm called for God's purpose. It's his plan for my life. It's his dream, not my dream. It's his purpose, not my purpose. It's not my parents' purpose. It's not my boyfriend's purpose. It's not my husband's or wife's purpose. It's God's purpose. So I've had to learn this in my life. I've had to learn that life really has nothing to do with me. In fact, sometimes, if I'm I'm honest, sometimes I wonder why, Uh, God called me to to this actual position, (laughs) if I'm honest. But if I'm living out this truth, it's not to do with me. It's not to do with what I can do. It's not to do with my efforts. It's not to do with who I am. It's to do with the fact that God has actually called me for his purposes. And I've got to walk in that. I've got to live that. I've got to unpack that. I've got to, day by day, live in the umbrella of that calling. Because it's not about me. He's called me for his purpose, not my own. And you have a calling that is unique in your life. Uh, It might be to uh, church work. It might be to business. It might be to being an amazing mother. We all have gifts, we all have a calling, and God has actually called us to actually outwork that. In Ephesians, it says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. In other words, we're made for a purpose. God prepared them in advance for us to do. Now in this verse, first of all, we are God's Workmanship. What a beautiful word that is. The word in the Bible that this word comes from is the Greek word poema. It's the word that we get poem. You are God's poem. You are God's work of art. You are God's craftsmanship. You're his workmanship. Many translations, in fact, say that you are his masterpiece. And Some of you might think, now, I don't actually feel like a bit of a masterpiece. You know, I don't feel like that when I look at my life. Then you don't actually realise how much value God has put on your life. Because God says you're a masterpiece. You're not junk. Jesus didn't die for junk. If you look at Jesus on the cross with his arms stretched out and his nail-pierced hands... He's saying in that in that moment how valuable you are. He, you are so valuable that he died for you. You're not junk. God doesn't create junk. He doesn't die for junk. The Holy Spirit doesn't live in junk. You are a masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. But it will only show up when we fulfill that calling. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Good works are our contribution to the world. We're not put on this planet just to simply breathe, take up space, and die. You weren't here to become a consumer. You were here to be a contributor. You were here to be a contributor, to make a contribution in life, and that's what the Bible calls your good works, and it's part of your calling. Now here's the cool thing, we all have different good works, we all have our contribution to make and last year we had a a vision of a a puzzle person that everyone finding their sweet spot and all being uh, used as the body and the Bible actually has that picture of the body and everyone having their place. So the simple fact is that we are God's workmanship and they're created to make a contribution prepared in advance for us to do. Third thing is that God chose my calling before I was born. God chose my calling before I was born. My calling is a gift from God. I'm called for God's purposes, not mine, and my calling is from before I was born. I didn't even choose it. God chose it. In Galatians, it says, "It is it pleased God in his kindness to show me and to call me before I was even born. What an undeserved mercy. And in Jeremiah one five, Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. God called you before you were even born. And the Bible says you were uniquely shaped. Therefore, you are not an accident. You are not here by chance. Now, I think some people need to just sit on that for a moment and let that just come into us. You are not an accident. You're not here by chance. And you say, oh, but I've got all kinds of flaws. I've got this wrong with me. I don't look right. I don't do that well. There's a great example of... Of a, of a godly man called Nick Vujicic. He's a guy with no arms or legs, and he might be able to look at his life and say, what? God called me before I was born and, and, and I look like this. What contribution can I make? And when you look at his life and the way that he's lived out his life, you know, it's probably safe to say that he's done more for the kingdom of God than anyone here. He has uh, made a bigger impact in our world, even though he has no arms or, or legs uh, in, for, the, for the gospel. He has changed millions of lives. So don't underestimate what God wants to do in your life. Isaiah 44.2 says, I am your creator. You were in my care before you were even born. This verse says some very important things. I am your creator. I am your creator. What does that mean? It means you're not an accident. It means you were uniquely chosen and created and called by God. You are important to Him. I am your creator. And secondly, you are in my care. That means that you are deeply loved. You are deeply loved. You are in my care. You were in God's care when you were in the womb. And we've had so many um, young children born into the church family. And they have all been part of God's plan. And before they were even born, God knew them. So you're not an accident. We have accidental parents, yes. But accidental babies, no. God chose to create and call us before we were even born. I think this would be a great verse for us to memorize. I am your creator and you are in my care before you were even born. There's a fourth thing that the Bible talks about calling and it's this and it's a big one. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm so glad for this one. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. Doesn't matter how messed up our life has been. And, and here's the thing. It doesn't matter if I've messed it up or if it doesn't matter if someone else has messed it up for me. It doesn't matter how screwy life's got, how difficult it's become. It doesn't matter how many dumb decisions I've made in my past. It hasn't changed the fact that God has called me. It is a forever permanent thing. God never says oops. God doesn't change it. Good example of this is Paul. Paul was a pretty rude, crude dude. <laughs> pretty rude, crude dude uh, in, a bad, in a bad mood. Um, before he became an apostle, God actually called him to be an apostle. In 1 Timothy, it says, My call, uh, By calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy, even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous. Mercy, however, has shown me because what I lacked, while I lacked faith, faith, I acted in ignorance. I love that phrase. While I lacked faith, I acted in ignorance. That's saying I did a lot of dumb stuff growing up. How many of you would admit that you've done a lot of dumb stuff growing up? <laughs> well, good news, you are an apostle in training. Congratulations. You know, for Paul... Paul was a terrorist before he became an apostle. He was a religious terrorist. He was going into people's homes and dragging them into the street and throwing them into jail. He was killing people. He was a murderer. God said, Paul, that didn't change my call for your life. Wow. I had a plan for you, and even the bad stuff fits into this plan. That goes back to that first verse from Romans, that God uses those things in our life to unpack his plan. Not only can God say your sins and your mistake don't change your calling, the sins that other people done against you don't change your calling. Some of you might feel a little bruised, a little battered, a little beat up. Maybe you've had stuff happen even this week that's really hard. I'm really sorry about that but you know what? It doesn't change one bit. It doesn't change the fact that God has a call on your life. That hasn't changed. You are still God's workmanship. You are still God's masterpiece and created in Christ Jesus to do good works. The Bible says that my sins and my mistake don't change my call. Some people say that God has a had to have a plan B for my life. I've done this, therefore God's had to enact a plan B. There's no plan B with God. There's only a plan A. God uses all of the things in our lives to actually outwork that call. You don't need a plan B. Stick to the plan A. You are called. The fifth thing, I'm going to race through these because of time, the fifth thing we learn is that similar to the last one is the calling is permanent and it's extension of the last point but it means that it can't be taken away. Um, when you were growing up, your parents probably tried to make you do things, make you be someone that you perhaps didn't want to be. Uh, perhaps in your, your dating years, your boyfriend or your girlfriend tried to, to steer you to become someone that you weren't that person. Or your boss or there's someone else in your life is always trying to pressure you to conform and to, to take you away from, from who you are. Your calling can't be taken away from you. Satan can't take away your calling. You can't take away your calling. Other people can't take away your calling. And God won't take away your calling because he's given it to you and it's a permanent thing. And we might want to walk away or, or choose to be disobedient, but it doesn't uh, change the fact that he's calling your life. He's called each and every one of us. It is permanent. So this verse means that my job is not my calling. I said that earlier. Our job changes. How many of you have ever changed jobs in your life? Pretty much most people. I've had many jobs in my life. My jobs have changed um, and there's been times of unemployment. There's been many upheavals. My job is not my calling. The jobs change from time to time, but my calling never changes. And now that might be an eye-opener for some of you. Um, God's calling cannot be withdrawn no matter what happens in life. Number six, Romans one eleven says, God's gifts and his calling are irrevocable. Number six, my calling is connected to others. I love this one. My calling and my assignment from God, my purpose in my life, my vision, the dream that God has for my life can only be outworked and only can be found when I'm connected with other people. You cannot fulfill your purpose your calling in life, by yourself. It's impossible. You can only do it when you're connected with other people. And just like the parts of the many body, if I have an eye that's by itself or a hand that's by itself, it doesn't function unless it's actually connected to the body we are all uniquely gifted and we are all have abilities and we all have things to offer. And unless we're connected with one another, those things can't function. It's because we're not connected. It's why I've loved um, seeing the, the pictures from our guests who's coming to dinner. And it's why I love the idea of the men's and women's events and the things that we put on. Because it's in those connections and it's in doing the ga- a day on the green after the service where we can sit down with a coffee and chat with one another and, and actually get to know with one another. It's when we're connected with one another that we actually live out that calling. Uh, Romans 14:7 says, None of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. We've got to be connected. Let me show you another couple of verses. Um in Ephesians 4.4, 4, we are all one body, one body, and we have the same spirit. One body, same spirit. And we have been called, there it is again, so we're one body, all have the same spirit, and we have all been called to the same glorious future hope. So it's only in connection and in community that we will fulfil our calling. Number seven, God empowers what he calls me to do. If God's going to call me to something, he doesn't simply say, here's your assignment for life, here's the reason why you live, here's how you're going to live out your life of faith uh, as a follower of Jesus. Uh, Good luck. (laughs) No, God actually, if he's called us to something, he empowers us to do it. Um, in other words, he's going to strengthen me. He's going to give me the ability to do it. God would never ask us to do anything in our life without the power to do it. We're saying this morning what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. In Ephesians 4.1, I urge you to live the life to which God called you. Notice the calling is a lifestyle and you are to live the life to which God has called you. And what we're going to do uh, over these six weeks is to actually learn how to live out our calling. And obviously that's the basics, through prayer, through daily reading, grab your book, (laughs) through connections with one another. And some of you might say, oh, look, I already pray, I already read the Bible, I already uh, share in a life group or, or, or have an accountability group or whatever. If that's you, then going deeper in this campaign is going to mean that he wants you to help someone else to do it. He wants you to help someone else to do it. If you say to me, "Okay, I've you know I've got these habits down pat, uh, I'm I'm living the discipleship life, uh, I'm following him, my prayer life is great, uh, I'm I'm in the Word, uh, I'm connected to others," then maybe your assignment. Over this next period, your campaign is to go, you know what? I'm going to help someone else do that. I'm going to, I'm going to use the things that I've learned to get alongside someone else uh, in our church community and help them to do it. The, far, <clears throat> the way we learn stuff is to do it. So if we are able to do it, give it away. And then we grow faster. Here's a prayer. This is why we always pray for you, asking our God to help you. That's empowerment. To live the kind of life he has called you to live. God says, if I called you to live this kind of life, I'm going to help you with the power. And we pray that with his power, God will help you do the good things you want and perform the works that come from your faith. It's going back to that workmanship verse. God says, I will give you the power. You can count on God to give you the strength that you need. Alright. Number eight. And this is this is the last point. And this is why we do this. There's a prize for living out my calling. This is this is why we're doing this campaign. There's a prize for living out the calling. God has promised a reward for those who discover and live out the calling that He's made uh, them on here on Earth for. And that reward is going to last forever. Philippians 3:14. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly in Christ Jesus. What's the prize? It would probably take months to explain all that God has for us in eternity and in heaven, yeah? But it's simply this. We get to share in his kingdom. We get to share in his glory. We get to share in his power. It becomes all of ours. This is the most amazing thing. In 1 Thessalonians 2.12, live the kind of life that pleases God who calls you to share and we are all going to share, in his own kingdom and his glory. That's amazing for all eternity, that God would share his kingdom and his glory when we live out our calling. Are you interested in that? I am. It's a big-time prize that goes on forever and ever. And we, we talked earlier about answering the phone if God called. The fact is God has already called. God has already called you and that phone is ringing in your life the moment you were conceived. The question is, are we going to pick up the phone? Some of us, if we're honest, have been ignoring it. We've been trying to live life our own way. We've been trying to discover and manoeuvre the pieces in our life to make sense of it. God's saying, I'm not going to hang up on you. Pick up the phone today and begin to discover and develop and live the call that God has made you for. And in that, I will actually learn and understand why I'm here. If we spend the rest of our life searching, looking, Discovering, trying to make sense of life without knowing that actually God's called us for a purpose. Then life's never going to make sense. And we're going to constantly be struggling, constantly be, uh, earning and, and striving for something that we will never find. It's only when we pick up God's call. We're going to pray in a second, um, and i'm going to invite you to as i pray to actually take these words and pray them in your spirit a couple of weeks ago um during communion a number of you came down and you wrote on a card i desire to go deeper with god this year i desire to go deeper with god my prayer is that through this series and uh even in this prayer now uh, that you'll begin the process of not only going deeper but actually discovering God's call. This morning was a bit of an intro to the concept of calling. The next few weeks are going to be really unpacking what that call looks like, what walking uh, the faith-filled life looks like when we actually live in the call. So will you join me as I pray? I'm going to invite the uh, musos up. So as we close, pray this prayer in your heart. Dear God, thank you that you created me and that I'm not an accident. Thank you that I've been in your care before I was even born. Thank you that you haven't just created me, but you've called me. You have a purpose an assignment for my life. I'm not here just to waste time. Thank you that you called me for your purpose. I want your plan, not my plan. And thank you that that plan began from the moment of my birth and even though I've made mistakes, and even though I've sinned, even though other people have hurt me, it hasn't changed that call one bit. Thank you that my calling is permanent. I realise today that I cannot fulfil my purpose disconnected. I need to be connected to others in your body, in your family, with the same spirit and with the same calling. I thank you, Lord, that you've promised to give me the power to do what you've asked me to do, and that you won't ask me to do something that that you won't enable me to do and strengthen me to do. Lord, I want that prize in life. I want to live the rest of my life that I may be able to share in your kingdom and in your glory. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, simply say, Jesus Christ, come into my life now. I want to learn to love you and trust you and serve you. And in your name we pray amen I want us to continue in a capacity of prayer as we sing this next song. this next song says Jesus is calling Jesus is calling and it says to come to the altar now we don't have an altar but what that means is come to the very presence of God come to the very space of that Jesus is, because He is here, and He longs us to come to Him, and as we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. So as we come to the altar, Jesus is calling, and Jesus wants to begin to unpack and unravel and make sense of this life. And I pray that as we sing this song, that perhaps even some of the things that you've been trying to manoeuvre and put into place and make sense of stuff would simply fall away as you declare the great promise that as we seek first God's kingdom as we seek first his calling, as we seek first his righteousness then all of those things uh, come to us and 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 make sense. But it's only when we live in the umbrella of what God is doing in our life. So let's stand and sing.
2: just thank you that your arms are open wide and that we rest securely in your arms today. Thank you Father that our calling is secure in you. That Lord that it is a permanent thing that can't be shaken or taken away. And I just pray Lord that as we explore this more together Lord as a church family over the next few weeks, Father, that your purposes would be revealed. Thank you Jesus. our service to close today. So um, I know that I've been deeply touched by this morning. That was just a a beautiful message and yeah, trust that you have been too. If there's something particularly that's just struck a real chord with you and you've just been prompted to just want to pray or talk that through more, our prayer team will be available um, after the service. So please come down and feel free to ask for prayer. Otherwise, we're going to go and enjoy a cup of tea To eat um, for a short while before we all head over to the Oval for our day on the green. Okay, praying it will have a really blessed week.